we are back. Come on, man. We're back again. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Wednesday, y'all, and we are back for Face It With The Father. I am Minister Kevin D. Jones, Sr. I am serving as the minister of the Pembroke Park Church of Christ. I'm here with my brother from another mother, Larry Bernard Jr. He is the producer of this excellent podcast, and we want to welcome you to Face It With The Father. Face It With The Father is a biblically-based movement where we strive to look at real-world circumstances through the greatest lens that we have in the world, that is the Word of God. Today, we are going to face uncertainty with the Father. Let's go! Once again, I am Minister Kevin D. Jones Sr. And again, we welcome you to Face It With The Father. As stated today, we are going to face uncertainty. Uh, uncertainty, if you've ever wondered, well, you don't even have to wonder. We've all been there before. It's the space where you get in the midst of a situation or circumstances where you just don't know. I mean, try as much as you can to do all that you will. There are some points in life where you get to a space where you're at lock, where things are unknown. You're living in a space of obscurity. Uh, that is what it is to be in uncertainty. If we were looking for the counter of what uncertainty is, to appreciate the counter, you'd have to fundamentally appreciate what uncertainty is. Uncertainty fundamentally is a lack of knowing, and the lack of knowing is not just a mental thing, but it is a historical thing. That is, it is one thing not to know, but to be in uncertainty means I haven't been here before. This is new to me. I don't have any idea. How does one counter the concept of uncertainty? Well, you counter the concept of uncertainty through wisdom. You see, wisdom is information that is gained through life experience and the retention of what lessons were learned through those life experiences. As we talk about uncertainty, to counter uncertainty, you have to talk about wisdom. To appreciate wisdom, today we're going to take flight in the book of James chapter 1, and we're looking at verses 5 through 8. James chapter one, we're looking together at verse number five. Uh, there the Bible reads, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways 
To appreciate the text, you have to understand the circumstances. Whenever we read the Bible, we must never forget uh, that of the 66 books of the Bible, they all have an author and an author who is in the midst of a God ordained space of experience. And by the movement of the Holy Spirit, as we learn in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, we get a chance to see how God uses the man of God in the situation that he finds himself in life to minister God. God's will and God's direction for the people. James is no different. When we find James talking about the counter of uncertainty, when we listen to James talk about wisdom, we have to appreciate what's going on at the times. Verse number five, the Bible says, uh, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. What you have to really ask yourself is not so much what he said, we gather what he said. You want to then ask why did he say what he said? You see, when we consider the words plus the circumstances, it provides us with what we call context. To gain context, I want you to jump all the way up to verse number one. The Bible would there say, James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the part you need to see. To the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. To talking to those scattered abroad, he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing, James says, that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He then says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. First, let's appreciate what's going on. And then as we appreciate what's going on, let's appreciate the mind that James is striving to minister to those who have a heart to hear what he has to say. Uh, it starts off in verse number one. It tells us that James is writing to the 12 tribes that are scattered. This scattering is not uh, by choice. This scattering is a disbursement for the sake of life preservation. The church was under attack. Uh, it was under attack and there was a need for the believers of God to make necessary moves in order to preserve their physical life. Acts chapter 8 gives us uh, a snapshot of an instance of scattering. This could be the very instance that he's referring to or it could refer to another one. But in the 8th chapter of the book of Acts, we find that Stephen has just recently been martyred. He's died for the faith and his death has now impacted the health and welfare of the remainder of the church. Here is something to appreciate. We live in a day and era where I have the ability, the freedom to stand before you in front of this camera, you seeing my face and talking to you openly about the word of God, faith and Jesus Christ. I take into consideration an appreciative view that reminds me that that has not always been the case. There have been times in the history of humanity that talking about the Lord standing for Jesus could have been lethal as we see at the close of the seventh chapter in the book of Acts. But at the eighth chapter, the Bible says, now Saul was consenting to his, that Stephen's death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church. Persecution is the physical threat and the intentional threat, literal threat, and the actuality of those threats against people of faith for 
exactly that, their faith. He says, at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Their hearts were broken. They cried. Verse number three says, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them uh, to prison. I am so thankful. I am so thankful for uh, the tenacity of those spiritual giants during the dispensation of Acts. I, I appreciate them quite like I appreciate uh, those giants of black culture who stood in the dispensation of slavery up until times of Jim Crow, the era of segregation, those who fought, bled, and died so that we could get at least a push closer towards the desired goal of equality that is still outside of our reach. But nonetheless, I'm so grateful for them because it was through their suffering that we have the ability to enjoy the progress that we've seen in this day and time. Well, Paul has, has now, or rather Saul, has created an act of hostility against the church. James, in James chapter 1, writes to the church as they are scattered. He writes to uh, those Israelite believers, those, those who are faithful in Jesus Christ. He writes to them as this persecution has grown, and he's telling them, my brethren, I want you to find joy in this set of challenging times. That's what he tells them. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work so that you can be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That is, James is wiring the mind of the early church to understand that there is actually good growth that is experienced in this moment of tragedy and grief. I don't have to ask you, somebody, I'm guaranteeing even someone right now is watching this and you're hearing that and you're like, but how? I mean, how is that? Can you imagine that someone would suggest to you that suffering has a positive purpose, that going through this moment of travail and adversity is going to lead to a better quality, a better position of life? You'd scratch your head, you'd scratch your head rather, and you'd say, how? You just don't understand. Well, then it makes all the sense now. When we get down to verse number five, and verse number five says, if any man lacks wisdom, that is, if you approach this idea that there is a blessing in all this, if there's a blessing in all this suffering, it's because you approach this suffering with a righteous position of uncertainty. It just doesn't make sense. There are some times where there's some things in life that we go through that we just can't make sense of. I just don't understand why this would happen or how this could happen. I, I don't understand why he would do this or why she would do this or why they would allow this or why this would happen. I, there's some things that happen in our world, in our space, in our midst that leaves us in a space of rich uncertainty. We just don't know how to operate. James is saying when you find yourself there, you don't have to rest in uncertainty. 
James says you can counter uncertainty. James talking to that first century church that scattered as a result of the persecution, that church that he's now telling, I want you to know that there is a space of joyful development that's going to happen in all of this. And you've got to let it take its time. You can't rush it. You got to let it take its time because if you allow yourself to endure, to go through this suffering, it's going to build you. It's going to make you better. If you're at a space where you just don't understand, James is saying, if you don't know how to connect the dots on all of this, he says it's simple. If you lack wisdom, just ask God to give it to you. James point to us is when I get to a space where I don't know, I must never forget that I know the one that knows the things that I don't know. James says when I get there, I ought to ask of God. But listen to what he tells us about it when he talks to us about it. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all that all is profound. That is, if any man desires to be informed by God, God is willing to impart information to whomsoever is willing to ask. He says God gives to all. There is a stipulation to how we receive. We'll get to that in a moment. But God is opening the door to the realization of the fact that the things that you need to know that you don't know, you can literally humble yourself and approach him. God says he gives to all and he gives to all as he says liberally. That is generously. That is God doesn't piecemeal the knowledge that you need but God is ready to let his knowledge overflow on you to dump on you does that mean God will give you all the keys and the answers to life absolutely not we know that the Bible tells us that God informs us that he when God talks to man he says my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways for as high as the heavens are above the earth so are God's ways from man's ways that is there are just some things that God knows that we're never going to know but in the space of where we are, this stuff that we do know, how many of you all know that there are things that we do know that we really still don't know? I mean, the things that I'm in the midst of, this ground level, human level stuff, this experience of COVID-19, this observance of the racial hostility, even the things that I can see, I still don't fundamentally understand these things. God is saying, if you give it time and if you're willing to approach me, God will guide us to a space of greater understanding concerning the things that are in our midst stay with me it makes greater sense as we develop the premise but what I want you to know is the Lord is informing us that when you get to a point where you don't know you can seek his face because God will give you the things that you don't know because he knows the things that you don't know well how do I find solace in that well I find solace in that when I understand that God says he'll give to me liberally and the Bible says he gives me this knowledge without reproach that is God's not he's going to give me as much as I need and he's never going to make me feel less than when he does it he's not going to talk down to me he's not going to make me feel inferior he's not going to make me feel stupid God's going to ensure that as he imparts quality to me he's imparting words to me that's going to help me that's going to build me that's going to better me I keep that thought and I, I consider verse number six, the Bible says there, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. See, 
The Lord says he gives knowledge to all. But here's what we've got to know. Uh, while the Lord is opening the door for everybody, not everybody's willing to walk through the door that he's laid before us. You see, the Lord is suggesting to us that there is a space where we can come into a greater awareness. We can reach greater solace. We can have a peace of mind. We can walk with a measure of certainty in the midst of uncertainty. You don't need the answers to have clarity. God says he can provide it to you. How do you get it? The Lord suggests that if we want it, we have to approach him with faith. That is, I have to approach God knowing that the things I don't know, he certainly does know. Why is that so profound? That's so profound because God is teaching me something. I can approach God with certainty and confidence because only in God am I greater than myself. Only in God am I greater than myself. I know that doesn't even make sense. I mean, literally, if I'm five foot eight, I'm only five foot eight and I'm not going to get any more inches than that. I'm suggesting to you that while that may be truth of my physical height, that's certainly not true of my spiritual stamina, my spiritual ability, my spiritual tenacity, because God would suggest that in him, if I'm right here, allowing God to empower me can take me from here to here. God suggests that the things that you lack, I can give them to you. I can make you better than you are if you'll do one thing, and that is trust me. Why is it so essential to trust us? Because we've got to understand that the glory of God has never come from us. The glory of God has never come from what we know, what we do, what we have. The greatest glory from God comes when we allow God to begin to direct to guide, to minister, to move in our midst in his own power and his own way. Meet me, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. After we depart just for a second from the book of James, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul talks to the church at Corinth. And Paul is beginning to help them to see the power of what it is to have a space and a measure of deep trust and faith in God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're looking together at verse number 26. The Bible says, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. He says in verse number 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Why is that so profound? The Lord is suggesting that he takes the weaker things and he uses the weaker things to overthrow the stronger things. And he takes the smaller things and he uses the smaller things to overthrow the bigger things. The reason why that is, is because we know by faith that the greatest of our capacity and strength as human beings cannot compare to the frailest of strength in God. I wish I had time. I'd back you all the way up to verse number 26. The Bible says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God 
is stronger than men. The Lord would suggest that you bring your greatest sense of awareness. You bring everything that you think you know and what you think you know cannot compare with the least of God. And you bring your greatest measure of strength and your greatest measure of strength could not compete with God 40 days after fasting and being tempted by the enemy. It's because the power of God, the knowledge of God is superior to the power of man and the knowledge of man. So faith would suggest that if God on his off day is better than me on my best day, then if I have anything that I don't know, I have to know that he knows and giving myself to him willfully allows the knowledge of God to be imparted richly in my life because God is demonstrating that only in him are we greater than we are. The Bible says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. It's this awareness that God builds us. He helps us. He strengthens us. He adds to us. He provides for us. He gives to us. He uplifts us. He encourages us. God has been infamously known for taking us in our broken self and he's brought us from brokenness to blessedness. How does God do that? It's because God has all power. He's all knowing and he's all able. So if I know that that's who he is, if I ever find myself in uncertainty, James would tell us in James chapter 1 verse number 6 but you've got to ask him in faith that is if I'm approaching God I have to know that God will do exactly what he said what's the game what is the thing that I'm looking for when I approach God with for his wisdom James chapter 3 turn there with me if you will in the third chapter of the book of James I want you to look with me at verse number 13 it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show you by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly sensual and demonic for where envy and self-seeking exist confusion and every evil thing are there appreciate that for where envy and self-seeking exists confusion and every evil thing are there but the wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable gentle willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I remember during a moment in my life where after my mother had died, I was very angry with God. I had a, a bitterness, a frustration with God. This bitterness and this anger that I had with God was not helping me. Uh, I wasn't able to focus in school at the time. Uh, I didn't want to connect with people at the time. I felt very anxious, depressed, and frustrated. I was, I I was fundamentally mad with God for what I felt was a good reason. I, I just didn't understand of all the people in the world why he would take my mother. I don't feel that way today. 
And a profound question should be asked, how in the world was there a shift in where I was to where I am concerning this thing that still to this date has not changed? I mean, after all, uh, since the, the moment of her death in the early 90s, my mother has still never walked the planet again. So if nothing about the situation has changed, well, what about me has changed? Well, I'll tell you, rather than being angry at God, I decided to incline to him and to, and to, and to seek his face concerning why, why would he take such a wonderful person. I began to find solace in his word. I began to consider those things that I find in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6 through 8 where, where, where Paul would talk to his son in the gospel and he would talk to him as if he was a drink offering being poured out. And he would suggest that he had fought the good fight, he had kept the faith, he had finished the race. And then he would talk about, henceforth, there's a laid up for him a crown of righteousness. Peace came when I got to a place where I understood that maybe, just maybe, it wasn't about taking my mother from me, but it was about rewarding my mother for her faith. Maybe it is true that this world is not our home and we're just a passing through. And she had come to this planet and did what she had to do and now she's on the other side awaiting that blessed rest that we all pray to enjoy someday. It was when I quit being selfish about my feelings about my mother and I made a decision to inquire about God concerning his direction to invite my uncertainty to a space of certainty. Have I completely figured out the depth of her subtraction from this earth in my life? I absolutely have not. Do I oftentimes wonder what the world would be, what my children would be if they had that measure of a grandmother in their life? I certainly do. I won't act like I have everything about her departure figured out, but I will suggest to you openly that for the first time in my life concerning the taking of such a beautiful soul, I have have ultimate peace and I found this peace when I humbled myself and I began to seek God's face not with a frustration of but with a faithful inquire of why you see only in God can I face uncertainty with certainty verses 7 and 8 as we wrap it up he tells us in James chapter 1 he says for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Let's face uncertainty with the Father. I'm not suggesting to you that we have to have it all figured out, that we have to have all the answers, because you and me, we both know that we'll never have it all figured out. So the peace can't be in the absolute possession of hardcore, tangible knowledge. But the peace has to be in some measure of solace, some wisdom, some developed experience that I learn through life that causes me to look at life with a renewed visual based on the guidance of the spirit. This wisdom would teach us how to hold on in troubling times. How, as I've experienced trouble so much, I know trouble that don't last always. As I've been in the darkness so much, I know that weeping may endure for the night, but joy does indeed come, in, come, from, come in the morning. And as I begin to see this consistent measure of God, when I find myself in spaces where I don't know, I must always remember that the answer is with him. And while he may not give me the clarity of it, 
He will give me peace within it. If I always trust that what I don't know, he knows. And if he knows, that's all I need to know. Let's pray. Almost righteous and awesome heavenly father, King Jesus, we approach your throne. Lord, we live in a day and time of uncertainty. Everything about the world that we're in the midst of is presenting to us new things every day. Lord, every day we've been waking up for the past few months, we've experienced something where we just literally say, Lord, I just don't understand. Lord, help us to know that the only thing that will keep us peacefully grounded is to always remind ourselves that God is in control and God is taking care and God is on the job and God is on the throne. Dear Lord, give us the solace to always surrender our uncertainty to you, to leave the things that we don't know in the hands of the one who knows all things, knowing that there is nothing known or unknown that's too big for you. Lord, we praise your name. We thank you for your goodness, your grace and your mercy. Touch the heart of every person watching right now who's in the midst of a space of uncertainty and give them the bold audacity to pray by faith to you. These and all prayers we ask in your son Jesus name we pray. Let us all say amen. Well, that does it. We uh, we just want to thank you so much for stopping in with us uh, and here for facing with the father. Definitely uh, bless us, if you will. Stop by www.fiwtf.com uh, there you'll find all things relevant to Facing with the Father you'll find the podcast you'll, there'll be a donate link if you'd like to support this ministry financially we appreciate your help and if you're unable to support it financially that's alright just share it with somebody my man Minister Harrell Hinton says if you care you'll share check us out on social media Instagram and Twitter you can find us at, at FIWTF also, also support the church www pembrokeparkcoc.com all things relevant to the Pembroke Park Church of Christ you can check us out on Instagram and on Facebook uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter at Pembroke Park COC uh, uh, there you'll find all things relevant search for both entities on Facebook face it with the father or Pembroke Park Church of Christ and as always we just deeply richly appreciate your support on behalf of myself Kevin D. Jones senior my brother from another mother uh, Larry Bernard jr. and the Saints of the Pembroke Park Church of Christ we thank you for stopping in and joining us for face it with the father listen 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 this life here's what I know about it you already know it this life's gonna bring you some things I mean some things, good days, bad days, highs, lows, ups, downs, positive, negatives, but whatever you endure in this life, please do your very best to face it with the Father. Take care and be blessed. Doc, I got long, brother.